0: This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those
1: people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj
0: and Katie. We really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to part one of our chat with Karen Graves where we learn about her experience in the Lloyds and London markets and the diversity initiatives that she's involved in. So let's get started. We hope you enjoy part
1: one of our chat with Karen. With us today on the Risky Mix podcast is Karen Graves. Karen's had an illustrious career in the Lloyds and London markets, holding CEO and COO roles before becoming the head of operations for EMEA at SCORE. Karen is now a non-executive director at USAA, UK and SA. She's driving positive change and diversity in the insurance industry. She's the chair of the Independent Women in Insurance Network and a founding member of the European Council for the Advancement of Women in Leadership. She also supports educational diversity and is an active mentor for younger women. Mm -hmm. Thanks for speaking to us today, Karen. That's great. Um, Just kick off with the first question then. Um, What do you feel were the key drivers behind the success of your career?
2: Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> crucky and i think it's a great <laughs> that's a really hard question actually because i'm not sure um- I've looked at it in in that way, but but first of all, thank you for having me here today. It's great to, to talk to both of you. Um, so looking back, I think you suddenly find yourself in, in a position, quite often without necessarily planning it, and and that's one of the things I think is better these days is that that young women I and mean, young people generally um, are more thoughtful about their careers. Um, I, you know, I come from Leicester, so I, I moved to London when I was eighteen, just from a you know normal bog standard educational background, nothing special at all in, in terms of any privilege or, or whatever. And so sort of the only thing I wanted to do was uh, A, leave home, not mm-hmm. because I uh, have any issues at all with my parents who are wonderful, um, but always wanted to come to London. Um, and so I ended up down here and, and then sort of, uh, as most people do, ended up falling into a, a career in the insurance industry um, based around in, this, in the city. Um, and I often tell people off for saying that. Um, I've been a judge recently at uh, the Women in Insurance Awards, and I can't tell you how many sort of applications have come in that all say that you know I kind of I've fallen into insurance yeah. or yeah. I go by accident. And actually, yeah. one mm. of the things I think we should be better at is being a career of choice for for, for young women um, yeah. and, and and young people in general in terms of the kind of careers that we can offer these days, which are just hugely transformed from when I started in the in the eighties. But I think when you kind of when you move to London, then you, you start. In a career, life happens as well. And so, one of the things I probably didn't do was plan it like you could do these days. And I'm a big advocate of, of having some kind of oversight and planning of your career that you have a bit of control over. I think that's that's really important. Something I think um, people are more thoughtful about these days. Um, maybe it was a sort of part of the time, the 80s was a particular, and, and the 90s was, you know, had a particular style each. each um, decade has a particular style, and I think we're in a in in the 2000s and and now coming into 2020, we are much more thoughtful about our careers and the way that we can have a career and how that can happen for you. We're very different than they were back in back in sort of 82, 3, 4, whenever I I started. So I think in terms of of having a successful career, uh, um, you know, you, you made me think about that. um having just said, I didn't really necessarily make too many choices. Mm -hmm. I think what I must have done is is take opportunities when they presented themselves. Yeah. Um, And I I think that's something that you have to be aware of. And and maybe there's a a quality in me that I perhaps recognise more now than I did at the time, is that I'm quite um, tenacious, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you feel your way to being... um, to trying to find out the kind of person that you are. I would also say one of the biggest things, and you hear people talk about this all the time, but one of the biggest things is finding a way to be yourself through this whole process. I spent a good number of years trying to fit in. I think we, as women, we want to fit in. Um, everybody wants to fit in in some way, but we also need to make sure that we stand out with our own qualities and mm-hmm. our own, you know, the things that drive us and are important to us. And they can just take longer to understand what they are. And I think that's happened to me. So you know, you sort of you go through life, you get married, you have a family, you have your career, you kind of plan it all, and it only comes a certain point for me where I've been a bit more thoughtful about that, um, about what that looked like and what I want to do next. And and you know, I think it's a very interesting time at the moment that. I want to try and take advantage of um, the way we can work these days and, and work differently and, and try and use 30 plus years experience. I hate saying that because <laughs> I'm really young. <laughs> take 30 plus years experience um, in, in a way that adds value back into the industry, but also allows me to have some kind of work boundaries as well. Yeah. It's not so much about balance. I think it's about work boundaries for me. I, I think you know, we, we all have wonderful careers which we're committed to, but we need to keep a sense of balance and, and some boundaries about how we we do that, yeah. and I think you know having my, my last um, position at score as the head of uh, Amir ops um, i've been had a wonderful time at school for nine years, but just found that sort of as I hit my fifties um, early fifties just like to say early fifties <laughs> um I, I realised that, you know, perhaps I wanted to do things differently. Okay. And so, you know, leaving there was an interesting decision to make, but entirely mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm now trying to perhaps do... Katie, what, Katie, what you, you've done a little bit in trying to form something different. Yeah. Um, and so while I do the non-exec side um, for the USEA, which is a company I absolutely love, mm. they're just amazing, mm. their culture and their ethics and, and who they do it for and yep. how they do business is something that I absolutely love. Um I, I think it's a, a question of, of, of taking opportunities and trying to create something for yourself that you have passion for. Sure. Um, that's slightly sure. different. Um, and, and I think one of the things I've, and you know, having sort of decided to want to have a different kind of career now, using what I've learned along the way, it's not so much, it, it's, it's as much about how I do it as to who I do it for now
0: okay and, and Karen would you say jumping back a little bit yeah. so that kind of shift um obviously you had been in the corporate space and, and you decided yeah. you wanted to do things differently and, yeah. and you wanted to do things for the right reasons not necessarily yeah, yeah. Them for something but well that sounds for really right altruistic but yeah okay no, no I know I like no. it um, <laughs> okay. oh, do you think that was kind of a, a gradual change in mindset or, or was there a particular thing that happened that Ooh, almost prompted that's a good that? question
2: it was probably a combination of the two really okay um you certainly understand values a bit a bit more, and when you've got some experience and 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 then maybe a bit more time to think about things because you we we all do these things in the backdrop of with the, our lives as as that go on around us as well and so you know I find myself in a position now where um I've got time to think about things you know in terms of. I've got a 20, my son's 26, he's off doing whatever he's doing, mm. I'm 54 now, um, <laughs> and that might sound like a, you know, claiming your age is a really interesting thing, mm. all right, because I, I think we have a, uh, sometimes we try to pretend that we're not as old as we are or we're, that we're not, but it's actually an important part of of who you are, and I just felt perhaps as I hit my 50s, uh, 50s, I was becoming Feeling a little bit invisible.
1: Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Um, and so, I think that was also hit part of my thinking that, you know, what what do I do next? Where do I go? Yeah. Where do I go next? What do I do? How do I, how do I continue to have a um, career that moves forward? Yeah. And so that made and having that combination of time, which you gradually get back, combined with some space around to focus on yourself. Mm. Um, that's probably, I would say, the first time that I've ever done that. I'm trying to think if it's the first time I ever had the opportunity to do that, and that that may be that may be the first time I've ever had the opportunity to really be thoughtful about what I do next. Right. And maybe right. be a, take a, uh, some risks.
1: Yes, you yeah.
2: Know, um. Relating back to your own
1: career, you mentioned that, um there was a, there was a point in time when you were spending quite some time trying to fit in. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: when did you become aware of that? I think I spent a lot of time in in worrying about how I looked to fit in, you know, um, and probably toning down my personality, dialing it down a little bit. Right. Um, but but it was a lot of a, a lot of it was to do with how I looked. Mm-hmm. But there were expectations that you looked a certain way. Yeah. And so I think that's, I hope that that's different now, that, that that's gone and people are, can, because how you dress and how you represent yourself is part of who you are. Yeah. Um, and I like, she said, wearing no. navy, I like colours, I like <laughs> sparkly things. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I, you know, and I think we need to be seen. I think, I, I do think there is a big piece of this that women need to be seen and to, to represent their personality in the office daily, it's about how you feel and mm. how you dress when you when you come in. Be be yourself. So, I I think you know that's something to be quite thoughtful about as well. You know, just don't be pressured
0: mm.
2: into conforming physically
0: mm.
2: in the way that you dress, because that just that physical act of doing that, I think, does then has a um, some kind of impact on your mental psyche about how you then feel limited by your boundaries to be expressive in your business life.
1: So are you, you know, in terms of your work with IWIN and oh, yeah. you know, the European Council? For that, and
2: that was a few years ago. So if we, you know, we talked about IWIN because I'm, I'm chair of that for another year. So I finished that in October. Fantastic. I've done three years then as okay. so okay. a chair of that. Wow. Fantastic. No. <laughs> so I'm laughing because <laughs> it's just like, you know, I'm laughing because part of me, part of me um, hates the fact, hates the fact, I'm going to use that word, hates the fact that I am a chair of a women's committee. In 2019, I really hate that because we shouldn't. I shouldn't have to be a chair of a women's committee in 2019. Mm. I still think conversations about women are really hard to have. Still, what, what are the challenges? I, I think it can get very um, the very black and white conversations. I think right. you, when you, I think there is tension between doing things just for women that men feel that they. Why is it not for them as well? Yeah, um, and and I think you, quite often when I've done some events, I've had people say to me, "Well, what are you doing for the men?" Or, Hang on a minute, <laughs> I'm still doing stuff for you guys. You know, you're part of this. So that that's a very black and white conversation to have. Um, and and I think it's it, it's still you know we're very good at having conversations. we getting much better about having conversations about colour, the LGBT. Uh, um, and, and and community around that, it has, has got massively positive.
0: Mm, yeah,
2: I have a theory about this as well. About it, and so, but conversations just about women, yeah, are still really, I think, are still quite difficult to have. Um, and one of the things I think potentially has happened in our desire to be very politically correct, and, and HR. Let's take HR as an example. We look to offer things for everybody, and I think women need different things than men to pursue in their careers. And there's nothing wrong with offering something different for women yeah. than you might offer for men. Yeah. Some things you might need the same, yeah. yes, but we need different things. And I would like companies and agents to start to recognise that women, when you've highlighted talented women t- to pursue a career they want to, they'll need different support than men will need. Right. and, and, asking, for, and that's back asking for what that support is, but also thinking it from a company perspective. What should we be offering our talent? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the same thing for everybody. Yeah. Mm. What does that
0: support in your mind look like for women? What, what do you well, think we need differently?
2: I think, um, generally speaking, we're, ex- we're exactly the same as guys. We're very skilled, we're very technical, um, we are great managers of time, we, we do all those things. I still think we are very good at and this I do so not want to sound wishy-washy in any way but we do need um support in 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 understanding our skill sets knowing how to speak about what we're good at Mm -hmm. we're not very good with our voices about representing ourselves in a positive way that doesn't come across as whiny
0: <laughs> or,
2: or just bullshit. I mean, the, when you look at language and how it's used to describe people, hmm. it's incredibly powerful. You're right? You know, yeah. you know. And, and I think we need to find ways of of, of getting better at representing ourselves on that. And there are things that you can do, and things that you can companies can provide you with that get you better at that. You know, understanding, managing our self confidence levels as well. It is different. Yes. I honestly think yes. it's different. Um, and there's nothing wrong in it being different. It's just then if you need some support about self-confidence and, and how to represent yourself better in meetings, how to use different language in emails, yeah. mm. you know, how to be more focused, less waffly, mm-hmm. you know, more direct, mm. yeah. okay? those mm-hmm. kind of things, mm. um, then we can get that. You've reached
0: the end of part one of our chat with Karen. Tune in next week for part two, where Karen tells us all about her experience of mentoring and how you can go about finding a mentor and the benefits of doing so. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account at Risky We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions, and if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, please get in touch. See you next week.